Crafty Radio, episode 82, July 2nd, 2007. Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Scott Smith. Hey, tonight we have Scott Smith from Eastern Brewing Company. Joining us, we're going to drink one of his beers. Um, the original plan was to do those Belgian hop triples, because he did the Ugly American. But the Ugly American's a bit old and not so hoppy anymore. We're yeah. still going to try it out, but you'll have to pay to hear it. Oh, absolutely. So it's going to be uh, one of the special shows on the DVD Speaking of DVD, we uh, I'll be putting together the second anniversary DVD. There will be a uh, there's a link on the website so you can mm-hmm. put it. It's twenty five dollars for the second year's worth of shows. And yes, we know you can download all the shows off the internet for free. But this is think of it more of a donation. I thank you for for you know what we do. And to sweeten the pot, we're going to be having giveaways. I've emailed uh, a lot of brewers that I know, and they're going to be sending in merchandise, um, some shirts, some. Most of most of them have committed the shirts so far, but some glassware. Scott's shaking a big hop T-shirt. You can get nice. East End Brewing big hop T-shirt. So what we do is after we get the people who uh, buy the DVDs, we'll have a series of drawings, give away all the swag that we get in. So it's not just throwing away your money; you might win a shirt or something. Cool. Thanks, Scott, for uh, donating that shirt. Sure. And depending on how many people, uh, depending on how many stuff we get, how much swag, maybe everyone can be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Could be the shirt off my back. No, it's not one I've worn before. So I just sent out the emails today, actually, and um, I've had uh, three breweries commit so far. That's so, great. So Dogfish Head, uh, Flying Dog, well, four, East End, and uh, Trogs is all going to send us stuff Fantastic. so far. Yep. So we're doing uh, smoked beers tonight because we're not doing those American Hop Triples because right. the Ugly American's a little bit uh, not as ugly as it used to be. Yeah, it's the uh, the advice on the label was to age it if you want to uh, mellow the, the ugly factor, but uh, not intentionally so. Um Hops are pretty much so. Scott's newest bottled beer is the Heritage, uh, Smokestack Heritage Porter, uh, the smoke porter that uh, Scott brewed. And uh, want to crack that one open first? Well, let's do that a little bit later, yeah. so we can get a, we can get a t- sample some of these other ones, then taste okay. Scott's near the end. Yeah, I've had that; it sucks. You know, anyway. <laughs> I mean, we'll start with um, a beer that you will probably have a very hard time finding right now. This is uh, Heavyweight Cinderbock. Heavyweight's no longer in existence. This is um, well. It's it's a Bach beer that is also smoked, so yeah. it's going to be a little bit different from these other ones, which are mostly going to be. Now remember, you're pouring dark. for three. Yes, I know. <laughs> I have lots of practice pouring, and uh, I'm good at three ways. <laughs> so it's going to pour this kind of hazy orange color. Well, not quite hazy. Maybe more of a. It's more clear actually. Oh, it's crystal. Yeah, it's it's a it's an orange color. Um, it's definitely bottle condition. Look at mine. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got, I got the uh, sludge. <laughs> I think all heavyweight was bottle condition. I don't think they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay that that is intense smoke along Very. the lines along the lines of smoked ham. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. that. Yeah, that's the part about clothing. about smoked beer that kind of can give me the creeps um especially as a vegetarian but uh, it's like mm, this smells like ham and i and i don't know when the last time i've had ham was but um 
but I ha- had a hard time with my smoked porter kind of getting the, the, the meat part of the, <laughs> the flavor it. and aroma out of my head. Very unmeaty. Yeah. <laughs> well, ham, or maybe um, you can think of it as like charcoal after the fire is done. Yeah. You get sort of that smell. Yeah, with all the drippings on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a certain kind of, once you get past the initial clovey ham aroma, then now I'm getting more smoke aroma, like like some kind of wood smoke. Yeah. But I don't know my wood smokes well enough to, to really identify it. Yeah, I I believe in talking to Tom about this beer that it was a a, a German Rausch okay. Rausch malt, but I may be wrong on it. It seems like he used very high proportions of Rausch malt in this beer. Well and, and that's the thing with uh with Rausch malt, you the smoke character of the malt is not you're not using it like a specialty grain. You're you're making up like eighty percent of the of the beer is the is the Roush malt. Um, it's a pretty it's a pretty big percentage. Now you were talking about when I was getting these beers. I think you mentioned you had um, you got a keg, you bought some kegs from Tom, mm-hmm. and some had some cinderbock in it. Instead of going sour a little bit, yeah, I got a uh, bought bought some of Tom's old cooperage and uh, and a lot of them were full, like really full half barrels. And um, I, of course, you know, they've been sitting in a hot warehouse, so I bled the bled the pressure off. Actually, I should have brought some along. I still have uh, one keg that I've you know, hung on to. Um, <laughs> Tom might buy that back from you in a couple of years. <laughs> no, he he uh, he tasted it when he was out to do the to do the kvass, and he's like, "You need to throw that stuff away. It's, that's you, know, you don't want to be handling that. You don't want to be. toxic." <laughs> yeah, um, but the uh, the. I had one that was a was a keg of cinderbock that was not too sour, uh, not not measurably sour, um, but it was tasting. It wasn't it's amazing. It wasn't oxidized. It it, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't where it ought to have been. And then I had another keg of it that was so sour that um, I tasted it after the the, the cinderbock mm-hmm. keg. Well, it was Cinderbock too, but I didn't know that it was a smoked beer because it was so intensely sour okay. um, that it was. It was. This one tastes a little bit of funk to you, a little tart. I'm getting a little tartness out of this beer, which nothing, I don't think was in Cinderbock when I've had nothing compared on. to that keg that I uh, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, um, I don't know about you guys, but this to me is just awful. I mean, it tastes nasty. It has this aftertaste of like you're you know pounding, getting that charcoal right from. Like you said, right from the uh, the dead charcoal, and it just it stimulates my gag reflex. I can't down it. Really, and it's awful to me. So I'm it's getting disgusting. sour. I'm getting sourness, but the sourness kind of rolls in for me with the smoke flavor. Maybe again, it's from tasting too much of the kegs. Yeah, I mean, I think it is keg. soured a little bit. Yeah, and gives it a, an interesting flavor. I know it's not what he intended. I was never a huge fan of fresh cinderbock anyway, because um, I don't know. I just remember smoked ham. I was I was looking forward to tasting this to see what it tastes like as it should, but mm-hmm. I, that that bird may have flown. I mean, it just yeah. tastes like an ashtray. It, it's yeah. See so, you now, now after like two or three sips of it, the smoke is subsided for me, and I've kind of acclimated to it. I, I can't I can't t- have it anymore. I mean, I was gagging when I was having it. So, yeah, I mean, Greg was making some faces over there. It was, they, were, <laughs> it, they were quite priceless. I thought that was his normal beer tasting face, being, <laughs> being a newbie to the to the studio here. Like, well, wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really pour that taste. out actually, so uh, I'll be right back. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smoking like a, like a swig of mine. 
No. You got shortchanged on the cloudy. I just cloudy. wanted to see if Greg's uncloudy tasted any different than my cloudy. Well, you know, so it, sip his glass. usually when a beer sours, though, it has it has a, a gushing carbonation when you open the bottle mm-hmm. because all the, the unfermentable sugar that the yeast can't get to, um, the bugs, the souring bugs can, can go to town on that. So, But this isn't like, you know, crazy effervescent or... When we were out at Tom's for the open house, he gave us a four-pack of the two Druids Grew It. Yeah. And you took two and I took two. Yeah. Um, did you drink them yet? I, I drank them a while ago. Okay. I opened one here at the desk. It was so overcarbonated that it shot up, and I lost over half the bottle. <laughs> Self-pouring. of carbonation. Yeah. It was, I had my laptop here. I'm like, ah! <laughs> it was all over the desk. You need a little gutter around the desk here for... Yeah. Uh, so I was. It really had really gotten crazy carbonation on that beer. I had a I had a um, a tough time getting through those bottles. I think they were they were they had soured by the time. But I, I but then again, it's a gruit. How many gruits have I had? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's supposed to taste like this. I don't know. There's no hops in it. Okay, well, not, I enjoyed I enjoyed the, the one I had, and I still got the other bottle in there. Yeah. I got a lot of the stuff. I got some Doug's Colonial in there still. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I ripped, I ripped through all that. I think the, the Doug's that I had was already kind of... I thought, you know, when we had a, the Kvass brewing, he brought some Doug's and it was gone off. Yeah. So shortly after that, I took a bottle over to my neighbor's house and like, oh, this beer's off. But it wasn't. It was tremendous. Mm. So I was surprised. Yeah, he brought a slice of bread over too. Not, oh. like, not a slice <laughs> of bread. The beer called a right. slice of bread. Right. Um, and and he he seemed to think that that had lost some of its former glow, but uh, uh, I thought I thought it still tasted great. Mm-hmm. Now I remember uh, back on the subject of Sneer Block. One time I got a case of Heavyweight to mix based on your recommendation, and it, it had I think three beers. And it was either three or four. It was four beers. Um, no, was mine was I think three. I'm pretty sure it okay. was Perkinus Hammer. It was Stick and Chad Ball, and it was Sneer and I didn't like Cinderbach, but I managed to finish it. Okay. So I don't know what's changed since now and then to give this to really stimulate my gag reflex, but it really did. It's sour. Is it sour? Is it sour? I, I, I am not... Well, the sour and the smoke was a strange mix, that's for sure. You think that's what it was? Could have been. Yeah, it's a... In, in, in my palate, anyway, the sour kind of overrides the smoke after the first couple of sips. There's more There's more wood smoke in the nose and, and more ham smoke in the flavor or... Maybe maybe that's part of the um, but it was part the, of the meat thing is sourness. Uh. It was the smoky part that was stimulating the reflex, though, not really? the sourness. Really, it was really. I mean, that intense like wow, biting on a charcoal thing was really just. It, it was making me gag. So it's not not one of my recommendations for people. <laughs> well, and what's the what's the you know heavyweight shut the doors back in or stop brewing back in June of yeah. last year? Or so. Uh, and it's not especially Actually, it was a big a, beer. So you were good today, wasn't it? The hey, open yeah, house? that's right. That was the open house. A little moment of moment of uh, silence for the last open house at Heavyweight. Yep. So uh, yeah, I like Heavyweight because I do like Perkinus Haver, and I love the Stick and Jab on. I think Stick and Jab. Yeah, was a great that, beer. actually, I miss the Stick and Jab more than more than any of their other beers. Hmm. Oh, they, so I'm opening is, up. Jeff the, is laboriously uh, unscrewing the cage on, is, the, uh, on the left hand. Yeah, the cage was like twisted with a drill or something. <laughs> Left hand Cajun cork. What? Which one is this? Smoke jumper. Yeah. Smoke jumper. Smoked imperial porter. Jamie sent us this beer in in January. Thank you for the beer, Jamie. There we go. That's a nice pop. Oh, I'm reaching for the cork. Like we said, seven hundred fifty. Is it twenty two ounces? Seven hundred fifty milliliters in yeah. uh, Cajun cork. Pours a nice dark. 
smelling the cork here. It smells um well, it smells a lot like cork. Yeah. Got <laughs> a oh, light tan head here. Or dark tan. I'd say this is light tan. I've seen darker heads. This, this is, is the uh, 2006 edition. It's 9.2% alcohol by volume. This is one of your, those black with black highlights beers. You can't see through this. The left hand is... Um, a wee bit of light through the bottom of it, but you got to kind of... Left hand just recently became available in Pennsylvania, or in Pittsburgh here. Um, there's a, a variety case you can get the beer distributor. And I, yesterday I was at a picnic and I had uh, three of their beers. Their uh, regular porter, their blackjack porter, I like that a lot. Their sawtooth ale was okay, and then the other one I had was... It wasn't forgettable, but I don't recall what it was. <laughs> there was also a vari- an Avery variety pack, and, I, and their white rascal, their whippier. I like that a lot. Oh, I'm getting um, milk chocolate in the nose. Not dark chocolate. And I'm not getting much smoke at all. Maybe the maybe the um, Cinderbock is... I'm getting a good amount of smoke. Yeah. It's mostly smoke, and then there's a little bit. I see where the where you're coming up with milk chocolate, though. That's definitely in there. Yeah, I mean, to me as well. I mean, because I drank a high, your higher quantity of Cinderbock than Greg, um, I'm getting these roast porter type smells yeah. with a little bit of smokiness, but really nothing too much higher than what you'd get out of an unsmoked porter. You know, I'm kind of nervous because that that smoke is just. <laughs> oh, I'm getting more smoke now. It's not. Not that I think left hand, you know, I haven't even tried this beer, but it's just, it's reminding me of the Cinderbuck, which is causing my <laughs> reflex to go, oh, oh, oh. has a more, um, it's a little, burnt, that's easier for me to go down. It's so. a little more burnt, um, sooty type smoke flavor. It's a bit astringent on your tongue. Yeah, it's not a lot of, uh, uh, wood smoke. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's more roasted malt, roasted barley kind of, uh, but there's something on the finish. Have, have you have, has he real? I mean, I'm amazed that you guys. I mean, that, that's the number one taste I'm getting here is smoke, smoke, wow. smoke, 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 smoke. And then there's other stuff in the background. There's a little bit of bitterness and a little bit of of, of, of chocolate and um, and raisin. Hmm. Maybe we've been desmoked by the cinderbox. <laughs> have either of you had rogue smoke uh, or stone smoke porter recently? I was trying to figure how this compares to the stone, but Not it's been a while. while. Year or so, or two. That sip was a little less smoky. Now I'm getting a little bit more. Getting a little bit more smoke now. It's an interesting. I like how it plays between the smoke and the the barley roast. Yeah, it's it's a it's a delicate balance. The smoke isn't hitting me over the head, but there's there's a sweetness in the finish that um, is a surprise too. Mm-hmm. What's the ABV you say? Nine point two. Mm. I'm Boy, really it hides it hides it well. I gotta say, I'm mystified. I thought I liked smoked beers, yeah. and so far, I'm not really enjoying myself. I mean, this beer is is it's not making me gag like the Cinderbock, but it's also I'm not saying to myself, mm. I'm saying to myself, well, okay, I can get through it. Yeah. Smoke Jumper Imperial Porter is a 21-degree Play-Doh porter made with hot and cold hand-smoked barley malt using a combination of several hardwoods. Roasty brown in color with a long-lingering smokiness wraps around flavors of sweet molasses, toasted malt, and earthy hoppiness. Here's the smoke in your glass, not in the woods. It's the official beer of the National Smoke Jumpers Association. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if they could do a contribution or something. But what's... Hot and cold smoked malt. Yeah, you can um, 
there, I, I'm not an expert on smoking things. You can cold smoke your hot there's, smoke. Yeah, there's cold smoke where you use water or something, right? No, what you do is is you have two chambers. You have you one chamber. You run it chamber. through a bong? <laughs> you have one chamber where um, the smoke goes, where it's really hot, and then it sort of condenses and it cools and it goes into another chamber, and then, and that cold smoke goes over. And that's um, hmm. when you cold, you like cold smoke, for instance, bacon. You want a cold smoke. You cold smoke it over the period of, of uh, many hours or days, and then you have your hot smoking, like we do smoke salmon, where you you actually the smoke comes up, and that's what cooks mm-hmm. the salmon is, right. is that smoke. So, uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 a difference in the in the way in which you smoke the grains. So yeah, you you hot smoke some of these grains right on right on top of your your smoker. And all that's that interesting. Smoke comes up. I wonder if that if if hot smoking grains um, changes the characteristic of the malt, you know. It probably does. I'm, yeah, I don't know enough about smoking, but I can imagine that you might gain a couple degrees of lava bond on a yeah. hot smoke because you're adding heat to it. Yeah, and it may account for some of the roasty mm-hmm. flavors in there that, that you were describing earlier. Interesting. Yeah, so lot of, you lot still, of you still, you said you know you think you don't like smoked porters or smoked beers now. I mean, is this growing on you? Are you coming around to it, or is it still not that great for you, Greg? Uh, it's it's still it, that smoky part is is actually the part that I'm disliking, and it's kind of a, a middle band in in here. There's the there's kind of I'm looking at this at this Stouts label right now, and the Stouts label has a big white Stouts on the top and company at the bottom, and the middle is just black brewing. And I'm thinking that I'm thinking the taste really resembles that label in the sense that you got your <laughs> you, you have your porter stuff around here and the white. And your hops, and then right in the center is your smoke, and that's kind of how it's laying on my tongue. So, kind of like a belt around the flavor, is right? Like- and that that belt is really the part that I'm disliking. So, I'd, see, I'm know. not really. I can't. I'm not tasting the smoke in that way. To me, the smoke is really intermingled with the roast more so than in a lot of smoke yeah. beers I've had. Yeah, from what I remember of the Alaskan and what I've tasted of my, you know the other two smoke beers mm-hmm. on the table here that we haven't had yet, I. I I find that this is a nice a nice mix of malt flavor and and smoke with without either one stomping on the other two. Yeah, ones. I mean usually the smoke stomps unless you're doing some kind of traditional rauch beer where it's just a hint of smoke, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe the other, it's the like temperature is also a big a big difference on the beer too. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe warm it a little bit to uh, to get maybe more it's of the smoke. Like, but I'm I'm finding it actually finishes differently with each sip as I'm going through it. I'm I was getting the sweetness initially and then I got the wood smoke and now I'm getting something different that I can't I can't put my finger on. I'm thinking maybe it's like we know we have fans, we have people who tell us that they can't stand any fruit beer. Any fruit beer no matter what, all they taste is fruit. And maybe it's just like this would maybe it's like me with smoke beers, or at least these last two. Mm-hmm. All I'm tasting is the smoke. The other stuff is 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 really hidden to me and the smoke is the only thing that's coming through. I'm getting a lot of molasses flavor now, almost reminiscent of your blackstrap. Some of the yeah, flavor you get from there. Yeah, some of the roasty, roasty character in the finish. I can mm-hmm. see where you're coming from. I think this beer needs some cheese. I think to because it, it really, it really needs something to cut through it. It could, it could help. I got something to tell you guys. Having a baby. Oh my God! Not even showing. Just <laughs> having a baby. Yep, yep. Congratulations. Wow, Heather, Heather's congrats. pregnant. Yep. Excellent. Yep. We found out um, two weeks ago. Slipped one past so. the goalie. Nicely done. Yep. yep. Yeah. Due in February. Congratulations! Wow. Wow. So. That's great. So let's see. Thank you. So how how far along is she now? 
Uh, five weeks. Okay. Like that. <laughs> what around uh, January? February twenty so? fourth is the due date right now. It's a leap year too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so it'll be only <laughs> hold out for five more days. And- <laughs> Crush your legs. <laughs> the job will age at one quarter the normal rate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, the smoke jump. Um, I disagree with Greg. I think the smoke plays nice than nicer than with most beers. I really liked it. Well, I'm not claiming you guys have to listen to what I say. No. Well, it's interesting. I wonder if you could get. I mean, smoking the malt has got to be a, a lot of additional work, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm wondering if you could get it with malt. I mean, it's so, you know, off the shelf malt, not mm-hmm. smoked malt, because um, it's so it's so mild, right? So, which one do you guys want to do next? Do you want to go with the smokestack? Or? Sure, we'll go with the smokestack. Yeah, okay. This is a uh, limited edition bottled beer from Scott. He uh, has these uh, one quart, one liter. One liter uh, swing top bottles. Actually, the the federal authorities don't allow me to say one quart on the uh, on the label, or, or don't allow me to say one liter on the label. So it says like um, one quart, three, whatever the number is on there. It's like one quart, one point six ounces. Yeah, you can't even just say the number of ounces. ounces. You actually have to say one quart, comma, <laughs> number of ounces. I'm, I've been a real fan of the uh, the one liter swing top. I think it's a nice quantity of beer to share and. Uh, of course, they're reusable. Yeah, he uh, deposit at the brewery. Gives the deposit back if you return the beers, and he uses it. Like some of these bottles were used in the Ugly American bottling. Yep. How right. was the return on the Ugly American? Did you get as many bottles back as you hoped, or uh, maybe about twenty, thirty percent? I think a lot of people just like the swing yeah. top bottle. What were you planning on getting back, or didn't you really think it out? Yeah, I knew I, I knew I'd need to get some more, so you know I bought another another pallets worth. So see, I, I can see next time you make some fresh homemade dressing or something. So you can keep a bottle like that around. Yeah, yeah and it's a it's a popular bottle with home brewers because mm-hmm. it, it also the label is completely removable. You can just peel it right off, right? So okay, so we got the here. Tell us a little about the beer, Scott. Um, well, uh, we'll start with the outside of the beer. Um, so the smokestack heritage porter with the little guy on there smoking a stogie, um, looking kind of blue collar construction worker standing in front of a background of uh, very Pittsburgh. Um, Smokestacks and a water uh, tower and yeah. see on his nose. He got little polyps. <laughs> <laughs> He's a blue collar man. <laughs> so the label is by Wayno, who uh, who did the Ugly American label, and also did a did a comic book a while back called Beer Nuts, by the way. But yeah, in he's holding a cigar that has uh, smoke coming out of it, and is strategically placed in front of one of the chimneys, since it being Pittsburgh, there's not too many smokestacks producing smoke. So um, that's the only actual smoke on the label. Gotcha. But uh, your initial gimmick was to put this beer out when all the bars in Allegheny County had to go non-smoking, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be fun to like, you know, East End Brewing is there for you. You know, when you you can't smoke in <laughs> bars, but but uh, uh, you can still have a smoke porter, just kind of as a gag. Um, but I wanted to do a smoke beer for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, smoke porter seemed the likely the likely choice. So I I, I did something different in this beer. Um, than than brewers typically say is legit to do. Um, I used a combination of uh, Roush malt and uh, peat smoked malt. Uh, and peat smoked malt is a distiller's malt. Um, so if you're thinking of like a PD single malt scotch, like a Lafroy or something like that, um, that's the kind of acrid PD flavor that uh, if you <laughs> if you if 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 you don't go light enough on it, it kind of hits you in the eyes. 
But uh, to give you an idea of the comparison, you know, Rausch malt is a is a German malt that's smoked smoked over wood that produces maybe or, or that that makes up maybe eighty percent of a smoked beer's uh, grain bill. Whereas the peat smoked malt, you want to be maybe between two and five percent. So it's really intense stuff and dole it out with an eyedropper. Well, as a callback for fans of the show, I do love peatiness. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Ron. <laughs> it has a lot less smoke on the aroma. The aroma, I'm smelling uh, some acetaldehyde. Are you? Yeah, green apple. I'm getting wood. I'm not getting any peat on it. Yeah, I'm getting mostly yeah. wood. Yeah. Um, oh, so you like the beer. Well, I mean, so far, <laughs> so far it's less smoky than the other two. Yeah. That's a good sign. Uh, like we said, you know, like the left hand, it's it's dark with dark highlights. It's yeah. you know, It's an exceedingly dark beer. It tastes metallic to me. There's a little wow. bit of a sourness in there, isn't there? I'm I'm tasting the, the apple flavor. Ew. Lots and lots of apple flavor in it. Boy, I really think that tastes awful. <laughs> That's disappointing. Send an email. Drink your smoke heritage smoke sack now. It's <laughs> no, going down real quick. <laughs> Drink it now. I just got like this, uh, you know metallic flavor that i i don't know sometimes i pick up i pick up metallic flavors in beers that other other people don't but it's hard for me to kind of push it aside once it yeah first three sips i had was a lot of uh, what i'm nearly positive is acetaldehyde i've always had a hard time tasting it but this one's like oh yeah that that's green apple or or, you know green apple juice type flavor you know it tastes a little sour and tart to me but so far it's my favorite because it doesn't Overkill you with mm. the smoke like the other yeah, ones. The, the I mean. smoke is for me. The smoke's super subtle. I'm it's tasting really yeah. different than the bottle that my wife and I had last week. Oh yeah, we we cracked the bottle to see if the bottle conditioning was done because it only been in the bottle for like mm-hmm. two weeks, and um, it's tasting very different. Just strange. See, th- th- this to me is is much more drinkable than the other two. This one, it's smoother on the palate. Uh, yes, it, it's a little bit sour. I mean, it's probably it's probably not perfect, um, but compared to the other two, I would definitely drink this one. Over I'm not those. picking up anything that's really sour. Well, I think I mean, it's, what so you're tasting, you be, is, what you're tasting is green apple. I'm tasting is a bit sour. Okay, apples well, can be sour. Yeah, I'm not really tasting anything acidic or anything like that, though. Yeah, I'm not getting that much smoke out of it. Which no. really surprised. I'm not really getting much smoke either. But, but I like that. But we just drank Cinderbock <laughs> and Smoke Jump Porter. So yeah, but it I, definitely could be yeah. hidden. Maybe the Cinderbock like still is, you know, set the bar high and we're having trouble. Yeah, well, I'd be still, interested to see how the I still Alaskan feel that smokiness out. from those two. I mean Boy. that's how in- intense they were on me and how really It's got a it's it's got a, a nose of smoke on it that's different than wood smoke. Okay, the metallic flavor is Subsided for me. I'm able to taste the beer. Yeah, I wasn't getting metallic at all. Yeah. I'm definitely tasting that green apple now. That, uh, so how's the uh, kvass going? How much kvass do you have left, or is it out? Um, we did a double batch of it, so um, it's still clipping along um, pretty good. I'm selling a lot of it. At the is brewery. it as popular as last year? I would say so. I like it better than last year's with the with the bread malt. I should have brought you some. Damn. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's so yeah. rare that I make it up into the Great White North here. So yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I really enjoyed last year. Last year's Kavas. This year's had a little more. We talked in the interview a little bit menthol type menthol type flavor. Mm-hmm. And while it was a good beer and more interesting because there was no brewer's yeast in it, I think I might have liked the first year's just a slight bit better because it was a little more smooth and, and well, malty. I, I sent a growler to Tom and. Uh, 
I think he he said that he 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 really enjoyed it. He took it to like the New Jersey Brewers Guild meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, um, he really enjoyed it. But I think he he said it was he was looking for it to be more edgy. Oh, um, okay, because it's a pretty you know it's a pretty mild beer you know three point three and and but I I like the bread yeast because it takes the the flavor of the yeast. The ale yeast that was mm-hmm. in there before kind of had a flavor sort of in the middle of the beer. Yeah. And that's just been removed so that the the, the bread yeast fits in with the other. Yeah, I thought it was better. the brown malt last time that was giving it a tremendous multi flavor, but I think the yeast might have been helping that along too, filling that out. Yeah, the um, the brown malt really has faded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it has a that that character was there for the first two weeks and then it and then it slipped okay. away. Because your first kvass, that thing cellared. Tremendously, yeah. I had yeah. one. In, I had a growler in my fridge, you know, cold, cold conditioning, yeah, for two months, mm-hmm. and it was tremendous. It was so much better than when it was fresh. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 interesting. Um, there were some harsher flavors at the beginning of this. I mean, when we first <laughs> we were serving it seven days after um, it was brewed, mm-hmm. eight, eight days because we brewed the second batch on a Friday. So it was a Thursday, Friday, and we uh, we served it at growler hours the following Saturday, which is insane. <laughs> Um, especially because it's bread yeast, which isn't exactly bread for its ability to flocculate. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I like the yeast to drop to the bottom of the loaf of bread when I, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when we 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 I filled a keg straight out of the uh, out of the fermenter and then just you know hand carbonated the keg and and put it on tap. And there were actually pieces of bread. We were pouring, pouring the first taster. There were actually chunks of bread floating around <laughs> in the beer. It's, it's like here, have a taste of like what the hell is in there? Like, right. No worry, it's just bread. Oh, okay. <laughs> so even by East End standards of uh, it was uh, a murky beer. Yeah, like usually you don't see particulate matter in there, but uh, yeah, right. Some of that was the bread handling this year too. Did some things differently out of necessity. Can you pour me another little splash of the smokestack? Sure. Now that I've gotten past the metal. <laughs> oh, there's a penny in the bottom of my glass. That's what the That's problem what was. There's all that <laughs> copper. I'm, and I, you, you know, know. I, I'd love to have Keith try this bottle right here because, you know, how he's hypersensitive to acetaldehyde. Yeah. I'd love to see if he's picking up what I'm picking up. He, he, he actually, he may be picking it up where he is right now. You could that be. sensitive, yeah. yeah. So, so keep the cap on it. I mean, because every beer he tastes, I swear, every beer he tastes, he's swirling, looking at. It's like, oh, I think there's some acetaldehyde in here. <laughs> acetaldehyde in here. Speaking of Keith, I thought you said that his beer was going to be on tap the entire year at uh, Sharp Edge. I mm-hmm. went there; they said it wasn't on tap because they're just switching to summer beers. They, how many barrels did they brew at your place? Of Pink Clouds? Oh, the Pink Clouds. We did twelve kegs, and uh, oh, that's it. Just twelve kegs. One, one batch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I thought I thought for some reason there was a ton. I thought Heart made it sound like there was like something silly. Yeah, well, like that. 12, 12 halves is a lot for two bars yeah, to go through. I guess you know uh, you're starting to get to the point where at the end of the batch, well, some of the reviews on BA or talk about band aids and and, oh. and things. So um, unless they're moving the putting the beer on special or moving it moving it well, I mean, I had, places kind of go through a keg I at a place with fifty six taps or whatever mm-hmm. they have. You know, yeah. it's it's. It's going to take him at least. Two I weeks had to get some the day barrel. before the pen fest, yeah. and it was still pretty good. I liked it a lot. It was still tasting fresh. Yeah, and I had some about three weeks ago. It was great. Yeah, that's good. Someone else got the band aid then. I guess so. It was in the glass like the penny. Yeah, the I penny in your glass. <laughs> they shouldn't have stuck the band aid to the tap. Mm. You know, yeah, it's jerks. So next, we're going to finish up with the Alaskan smoked p- 
Porter, 2006. Yes. Um, Gary sent this. Thank you, Gary. Or Oh, one thing I need to mention on the show. Um, Good thing we're on the show. Yes, for the Great American Beer Fest, I need a, a little corner of someone's hotel room to sleep. <laughs> so... I don't uh, think you'll fit in the sink, but... You didn't uh, try calling up for hotels? Uh, give it a shot. I'd rather hang out with someone. Hang out with a listener. I'm the, I'm the, I'm like the, you know, the, just the go out and just, you know, make it do and... Living know, off the land. Pay, paying several hundred dollars for a hotel room and be by myself doesn't sound like much fun. So, if anyone's out there willing to give me a little piece of floor, I'll bring my blow-up mattress and my sleeping bag. That's all I need. Uh, send me an email. And his blow-up doll. No. <laughs> But I'll bring one if that's what it takes to get the hotel room. <laughs> you slept on the floor at uh, multiple uh, uh, beer events. That, yeah, exactly. Uh, the the Harrisburg, you. Harrisburg one. You didn't yeah. go to Harrisburg this year, did you? No, no. I heard it was uh, was was a hoot. Okay. And the hotel accommodations were much nicer than last year's uh, mm-hmm. kind of you know the dew drop in or wherever we were. I didn't go to the um, the uh, Sharp Edge European Beer Fest. I was still beer fested out from the three sessions of Pen Fest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of. I was like, cash is in the chips for a while. Yep. I, think we was, I think it was the 60-second countdown to Cascale that, uh, wanna, that did it for you. I was, um, I'm looking forward to the Penn State Fest. So, are you going to that this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom's going to be there, too, by the way. He offered to pour. For you. Cool. Yeah. But uh, I told him that, that he didn't have to do that because I know he hates it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, or maybe he might like it with some, for somebody else's beer. Whatever we say is not going to be nice as Coeur d'Alene or whatever they're going to send us this year, so... What's that? For the the Coeur d'Alene, which is where we went last year. We're going to some resort in Jackson Hole, though. Yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a four-star place. Anheuser-Busch is uh, sending us on a malt-house tour this year. Nice. In the, another part of Idaho. Need somebody to carry your bags? <laughs> <laughs> Take that as a no. That's the first time we've announced it on the show. So here comes no, the, no, at 81 we did. Here comes the <laughs> onslaught. Sell out. Sell here comes out. the sell. Did you, uh, have you been reading Lou Bryson's blog at all? No. I've... He gave a good review of um, Beach Blum, Beach Bum, uh, Summer Blondale, and um, it broke off into another conversation about what is craft beer. It's right. fascinating conversation. There's like 65 posts on it, and um, I've waited in a couple times. But uh, near the end, there's the you're just a mouthpiece for Anheuser Busch. You know, Randy. I mean, the, the fact that anyone so can say I, that. About I had to follow up with another post. I, I I was talking about some. The point was something different, but the intro was you know last year when I sold out with Lou in Idaho. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that anyone can say that Lou, you know, somebody like Lou is a sellout. It's just, I mean, it shows that they they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, Randy Mosher has a great definition of uh, what craft beer is. It's it's. If someone who is or has ever been a home brewer gets to say what it, the beer is going to taste like, that's that's a good. Isn't that cool? That's I, a good I, way. I read that. It's. I think it's in the beginning of uh, uh, radical, radical brewer. Okay, um, yeah, that's actually we're going to have to take that quote and put it on lose comments because there was a whole bunch of people trying to quantify. Mm-hmm. craft beer and we've tried on the show right just can't quantify it yeah and i've had can't. i've had the question from like you know non-beer press people saying mm-hmm. you keep talking about craft beer what is craft beer and uh unfortunately when they were asking me that question i didn't have that you know I, th- I thought i came up with a pretty good answer and it was along the lines of craft beer can't exist in a vacuum because if ever all beer tastes like that it would just be beer so craft beer is beer that has more flavor than the majority of beer that's out there. Something along those lines. More character, more flavor. 
It's not a perfect one, but mm-hmm. I don't think if... Well, no, I, I think that's true. I mean, by what it's not... Yeah, craft, yeah. craft beer, if if Budweiser, Miller, Coors, if they were craft beers, then they wouldn't have a term craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they produced beer like um, like Left Hand, like uh, Alaskan... And, and the, but the line's very fuzzy, okay? So, yes, Anheuser-Busch can make a craft beer. Michael Bavarian Wheat's a craft beer, right? You agree? Yeah. Is, um... You know, is Wild Hop a craft beer? Which one was that? That's Wild Hop Lager. Oh. Is uh, that organic beer they make, is that a craft beer? You know, there's some beers that they put out these specialty beers that, in our opinion, don't taste very good. But where do you draw the line? If marketing, I, you know, I kind of I agree with Scott here. If marketing draws up the plan for the beer, then it's not a craft beer. If marketing says your beer should taste like this, then it's not a craft beer. If the brewer says the beer should taste like this, yeah, well, I don't know. See, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm the marketing and the brewing. Right. So there's, I, a, there's. A, I mean, you don't see Scott making these unacceptable beers. He's making beers he knows he can sell. Well, it's not like always making beer out of a not always. Of bread I mean, Kavass, you didn't know you could sell, <laughs> and it's amazingly sold. You know what? You got to. And this year, I decided to do a double batch, so it would be around longer. Whether that's was a wise move or not? We'll we'll see how it holds up. You know, if it's mm-hmm. still around in a month. But are you saying that there's no home brewers at Budweiser who still say, "Well, this stuff is still profitable, so we're going to make it." It's such a fuzzy line. Yeah. See, there's yeah. no good what definition. A, you know, and, and throw it the other way. What about the little little neighborhood brew pub that's you know making the golden ale? You know the. Something blonde is always some like blonde pun, you mm-hmm. know, on the beer that's that's made for the guy who wants yeah. a bud that comes in and, right. and give me a dis- slutty blonde. You know? Disturbed to find that there isn't one at the bar, so they've got this beer made for him. Is that craft beer? Probably not the way we'd want to define it. Yeah, it's such a gray area that there's no perfect definition. Yeah. And uh, you know, this we could talk about this for hours. Go to the Lou Bryson. Uh, uh, com. Take it up to and, 100 comments. Yeah, and, and <laughs> read those comments. There's some fascinating stuff. Yeah, I've. Brew Like a Monk. Who, who wrote that book? Uh, um, got it sitting at my bedside table right now. Yeah. Um, John Johnson. If you say it, I'll know. Uh, he comments on there a bunch. Rick Sellers from Pacific Brew News. There's just a great conversation about what craft beer should be, is. And, of course, there's no answers. Right, you right. know, so it's just fascinating. It's a big rhetorical question. Okay, so this is Alaskan smoked porter, and uh, it's unique because it's smoked uh, over or under or over alder wood. Right, they got actually a, use a, a great nose on it. They use a smokery in Juneau that smokes salmon, and they smoke their barley there. I'm getting some hops on the nose too. I didn't think I've, I've never picked up hops on the on the nose of this beer before. A little bit. 6.5 and, uh, alcohol by volume, by the way. Uh, you know, one yeah, maybe a slight bit of hops, but I mean, I'm but, getting, but in, in the context of all the smoke that we've had, maybe that maybe they'll be able to pick up some more hops out of this one. Nothing is as overpowering in smoke as the uh, the heavyweight Cinderbog. <laughs> that was also the first beer, though. You know, that's the yeah. Because you can't go back and taste it yeah. afterwards. Well, I, I've had Cinderbog on you know half a dozen go occasions. Go another bottle of Cinderbog. I have another bottle. Do you have- <laughs> had on half a dozen occasions and it's just always been this spice tam crazy crazy beer yeah yeah i think i remember having a pint of that at kelly's uh-huh. kelly's bar and lounge it's definitely got more of a hot flavor i, I want to like it but that that flavor is just bringing back the cinderbock 
Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting it's a dry, dryish type flavor, possibly some hops. I'm not really saying yeah, that's absolutely hops in there, but it's funny. You're like my my wife who had a bad experience with whiskey in high school and can't get near it. Like to this day. Oh, I have the know? same thing with tequila. Like I can't touch tequila now because yeah. I had a bad experience with tequila. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I feel like wow, that Cinderbach ruined me for the, for tonight. It really ruined me because here I am tasting a beer that um, we raved about. It was we, a wild beer. We've raved about before. I remember saying that Alaskan Smoked Porter is one of the beers that turned me on to craft beer in general. I'm saying I'm just not not feeling it i mean i'm really i'm tasting that smoke thing and it's just making me nauseous you know the first time that greg had the last one's reporter is i brought a at the brewery in juno you could buy a vertical four pack so it was 2001 two three and four nice and um i had greg over and my neighbor bob at the time and uh we drank the two three and four in a vertical tasting and man it was so good i still got the 2001 back there the older the beer, the more complex it was, and the more mm-hmm. interesting flavors you were. This beer is only a year old, um, so I don't think it's really developed <clears throat> the, to its best yet. The first taste of it I had was fantastic, nice full mouthfeel to it, and uh, but I just got a little bit of the same metallic flavor um, that I had in mind, which kind of makes me feel not as bad. I swear <laughs> that Cinderbach has is, is ruined us. <laughs> it, it could be. I mean, I, I'm... Damn you, Tom Baker. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I mean, after drinking all this smoke, I'm not appreciating the alder smoke. It just tastes yeah. like more smoke to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not tasting this, this yeah. salmon-y type smoke that yeah. I used to love about this beer. It's it's an interesting... I'm, I'm, I'm having the same little revelation here. It's like, yeah, I know, I know and love this beer, but it's um, in this context... It's telling me that smoked beers, the novelty of smoked beer is having one after you've not had another. I think we, yeah. we found an exception to the rule. We have. We we have this thing on Craft Beer Radio. It's the rule of same style tasting, where if you drink a bunch of beers of the same style, you appreciate them more yeah. because you're really tuning into the style. But I think with smoked beers, I think it's it's a one-off. Drink one smoked beer at a time. Yeah, this, this is... A, well, then again, when we had that... Smoke porter, smoke porter, smoke porter. When we did that, you know, that was not on the show. That was before. That was yeah. a year before the show. But they they all tasted good. And they just tasted better and better and better as it got older. So there are exceptions to the exception to the rule. <laughs> but in in this sense, this smoke, this I mean, the individuality it, it, of the yeah. beer is kind of being masked by the. It's lost. It really yeah. is lost. I mean, because we don't just have smoke, but we also have these. We've had three porters in a row, so we got a lot of roast. Pretty big. Like big I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing what's sitting in my mouth right now, and there's a lot of roasts, a little bit of astringency just hanging out there. I mean, I think that the beer underneath the smoke in the Alaskan smoke porter is probably the best one of the four. Well, but there's a little tartness on the finish there. But nice. in terms of which one I'm enjoying, I thought I was picking up a little bit of. Tart strangeness as well. But yeah, I wasn't not sure. not sourness, but like a just a. I don't know. It's interesting. It well, hit me in the front of the. Tongue. Almost like a maybe like a very early oxidation or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which which I don't think oxidation on on this beer would necessarily take away from it. I think on the older ones that you know you really get the sherry flavor. I think yeah. that oxidation really brings in some of those um, yeah. more complex flavors. Yeah, like an old barley one. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, I mean, of all of all these, I think that the best underneath the smoke, the best beer is probably the Alaskan Smoke Porter. But um, the the beer that I actually enjoyed the most 
was the one that had the least smoke in it, or at least the least smoke to the me. The left hand. Which was, no, which was yours. Oh, really? Which was Smokestack. So, um... Mm. It's a it's a very it's interesting. I would like to at some point try uh, one of these beers again, maybe yeah, after a flight of some other beers. Yeah, maybe yeah. some hoppy stuff to kind of. I have another there. bottle of 06 Smoke Porter from Gary, so we can definitely and try you, that. At a different and you time. got another bottle of Smokestack to play with here too. Yeah. So, uh, what do you say we rank this and uh, get on to our special show? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I hadn't even thought about that. Number one, I'll go first because I thought about it. I got the left hand. That thing melted the smoke in the malt, unlike any other smoke beer I've had. Left hand smoke jumper porter. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that. Imperial porter, 9.2%. Uh, you really couldn't taste the alcohol. It didn't taste like a Baltic porter, like you get in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I was using the terms interchangeably Baltic porter and Imperial porter, but they're really different styles. Baltic right. porters right. are lager yeasts. Imperial right. porters are strong porters with the ale yeast. Um, but this thing blended the flavor so well. I love that one. Number two, I'm going to put the Alaskan smoke porter. I was disappointed that the alder didn't come out as well, but I still enjoyed the beer a lot. Uh, number three, I'm going to put Scott, I'm going to put your beer number three. Um, the apple flavor really killed it for me, the acetaldehyde that I was getting out of it. And the smoke had subsided so much, or maybe the cinderbuck and the smoke jumper killed it for it, but... Uh, Smoke was hard to find. Cinderbuck number four, a little bit soured or not, it's just never been a beer for me. If I had to pick my least favorite heavyweight beer, it'd be the Cinderbuck, and um, I'd have a hard time picking my second least favorite heavyweight beer. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, seriously. I I can't think of another heavyweight that I don't... Maybe the Baltus OSV, because I was just a crazy heavy multi... Monster you even enjoyed the uh, the self self pouring. Uh, uh, oh, the Gruet was awesome. Yeah. yeah, even though it exploded all over my desk, it was still <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, in, in terms of me, uh, and I'm not trying to suck up to Scott at all, but I mean, the smokestack to me was the most enjoyable because it was the one that, that featured the least amount of smoke of the night. And even with that, even and with some of those, and that's amazing because I think it's a very smoky beer, like. But again, by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Even with some of these off flavors, it was the one that, that stimulated my gag reflex the, the least. I don't know. <laughs> it made me the least sick of the four. So I. <laughs> and I don't know how that happened because before this, I like smoke beers. And now I'm, I'm questioning myself. Yeah. Uh, then my next would be the Alaskan Smoke Porter, which, like I said, I think is a, a brilliant beer underneath that. But at, tonight, that smoke stuff was not going with me. Maybe it was the, the, uh, the sushi I had today. Who knows? Maybe that's affecting me in some way or not. Uh, left hand, I think, would go next. I, I really... I mean, there was something there, but it, it, it killed me. And even even worse killing me was the cinder box. As you guys know, I had to pour that out. I, I couldn't take it. I was gagging. I was literally gagging when I was drinking that. And nah, I, I saw you drink that. I'm just startled that you... Uh I don't know. I mean, the top three ranking, I guess you could put them pretty close. I, I love this left hand, so I was just surprised, you know, it's been down. It's two spots down for you. Uh, the, le- the left hand is, is is far away from these two as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Mm. The, the left hand is, is, is way down. I mean, left, it, you know, if there were, I, I'd put eight beers between the Alaskan Smoke and the left hand if mm. I could. I, I really didn't like it, and I didn't like the Cinderbach at all. Okay. Well, I'm, the, the, the top two for me are, are close, but for different reasons. I like the uh, the the Alaskan Smoke Porter for the first slot. Um, it's got a little bit more depth to it, 
Um, the left hand is is smoother, and I think it has, as, as you said, Jeff, it's really nicely balanced um, with the smoke with the other flavors in the beer. Um, so I like it for those reasons. But the the smoke porter has a little bit more depth to it, so I'll put it just a hair ahead of the of the left hand. Okay. Um, I was really disappointed in how the smokestack tasted, so I'm going to bump that to the to the back of the ranks, and uh, and put the heavyweight beer uh, in the third slot. Although I think it's been, uh, I, you know, I think I think the beer has soured, um, but uh, I don't think it's tasting as the brewer intended it to. No. But um, but I think it's an interesting. Inter- I, I don't know of a sour smoked beer on the market. There's a lot of certainly a lot of soured beers and a lot of smoked beers out yeah, there. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we have uh, an IPA. We did um, what's the name of the brew? Dragon Slayer IPA. Who brews that? I can't remember. Someone sent us a Dragon Slayer IPA somewhere in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It was an IPA. It got horribly sour, yeah. but it was a good sour. Yeah, and um, we, I really liked it. I have another bottle back there, and I'm like, "Is it sour? Isn't it sour? I hope it's sour." <laughs> well, you know, it, it's 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 funny talking about beer. There's beers that are unintentionally sour because Tom was the first person that kind of clued me into the idea that. I mean, he, he once said to me, hey, have you had any kegs that, that have gone sour? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, I've had some, some wit go sour. And mm-hmm. He said, oh, what'd you do with them? I said, oh, I, I sent them to the drain. And he's like, oh, no, no, you might want to hang on to those. They, they could really develop some character over time. And it's just interesting that... Uh, then Scott, Scott has like 80% of his cooperage tied up in sour <laughs> yeah, beers. Yeah, like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't have any kegs to put beer in. <laughs> but actually, I've got I've got uh, I've got two kegs of sour beer. One is is uh, Cinderbock from uh, from Tom. That's intensely sour. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other is uh, Big Hop Harvest Ale. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. The keg the keg that we served at the open house. Do you still that, have any uh, crazy? I was going to bring you a growler of that to. Uh, uh, you can still taste the harvest in there underneath all the all okay. the sour overtones. Do you still have any uh, crazy oxidized gratitude? Um, the, the, the O five stuff. Yeah. yeah. I've got a, uh, a hundred bottles of it, uh, in my personal stash. Okay. Now. I've, I got, when you, when you, when you sell her beer at the brewery, you have to actually file an inventory report like twice a month with the, with the authorities saying how much beer. And I got tired of like putting it on the paper. So I finally did the transaction and bought the beer from myself. So now it's in the, in my personal stash. Okay, can you sell that back out, or how will you do that? You have to buy it back at the brewery, or uh, you know, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to it for something something special, maybe you know, a charity auction or some some kind of fun fun thing. Because I know that there are people. I mean, there's some people that have rated on 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 BA at like five across the board. Okay, and um, I got well, three actually, bo- the, I got the three bottles of it. Well, actually, the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's some trade bait going out there. I don't well, actually, ha- I don't the, the crazy oxidized the... the crazy oxidized stuff is uh, was the draft yeah, version that keg you had to hang yeah. around. Yeah, do I have a little bit of it? I think I, I think I do. I think I have a. You're yeah. pouring that at your open house. So that stuff yeah, is I still, tremendous. I still have. Um, yeah, I've still got some more of that. It's still sitting upstairs in the hot, hot, sweaty upstairs. Oh, so it's gonna be delicious. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, that that whole keg. I mean, it was it was tortured. It sat on the loading dock for an entire <laughs> year, just like suffering in the heat and the cold, freezing half, and thawing, half fill of air. And thaw, yeah, and like filled a keg. I don't, you know, I pre-pressurize my kegs before I put beer in them. I just put air in them. I don't put CO two in, and then I push it all out with beer. Mm-hmm. And 
if the kegs turn fast, it's usually not a problem. But, I remember uh, the best things about that open house was the, the kvass, the gratitude, and the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. In that order? <laughs> I don't know. I was putting the macaroni and cheese the macaroni up a little cheese, yeah, Kelly's yeah. mac and cheese is, is pretty good. Yeah. Dan yeah. swears he doesn't put any crack in it, but uh, I keep going back for more. But, uh, but yeah, the, yeah, the kvass on, uh, on, on the hand engine. Um, that was doing some neat stuff. Mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with that. I uh, I'm going to be serving the kvass at the State College Brew Fest, but I'm not going to not going to do it on cask. All right, we're off to record our DVD only show. So uh, if you want to hear it, you're going to have to buy the DVD, and maybe you'll win a East, a Big Cup T-shirt from Eastern Brewing Company. <laughs> buy a good friend a good beer. Thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate it, and uh, tune in next week where we'll be back on the Belgian trip. Maybe it was with the Lost Abbey show. Anyway. Yeah, thanks for having me out, guys. Absolutely, Scott. We appreciate it. Great to have you. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. Send us an email at beer at craftbeerradio.com or check out our website, craftbeerradio.com, for forums and more information. Our music, opening and closing, were Out of Towners by the band St. Dragon, available from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is licensed under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Party on it.